listening to Canada Reimagined. I'm Patrick Esmond-White. This episode, Higher Education. If public education generally becomes a federal responsibility, what of Canada's colleges and universities? Well, this too must change. This too should be a federal responsibility. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me say, I did not set out to undermine the role of provinces in the Constitution, but logic kind of leads us there. So, currently, Canada's colleges and universities are among the best in the entire world. They help prepare our next generation for success and ensure well-trained workers available to fill jobs. So we start this discussion in a position of exceptional strength. The quality of our higher education is a reason Canada attracts so many foreign students. Currently, about 40% of them are from India. It used to be mostly from China. And yet, our colleges and universities could be much, much better, and the pandemic has actually shown us ways to improve. Like elementary and high schools, technology can be used much more effectively to communicate basic knowledge. Teaching modules for many basic courses could be produced at the national level by a new education production agency, just as I proposed for school education. This does not mean government-controlled content. Universities and professors would create content supported by the National Production Agency. That agency would provide technical and creative services and support best practices in designing online materials. Educational content is a global need. Already, many online resources do exist. Instructors draw today from these resources as freely as they draw upon books and journals and other sources. The advantage of a Canadian production agency would be to curate the material, ensure quality control, allow fact-checking for accuracy, and offer supporting materials. Access to this content would be available worldwide but especially in developing nations where resources are limited. This would be part of Canada's International Assistance Program, a tangible resource for sustainable development. More on this later. For most educational topics, there would be more than one virtual course available, as you'd expect in a free marketplace. Professors could adopt the content they judge to be the best, adapting it, adding value and context in their lectures and seminars, and engaging students. The idea is to empower instructors, not replace them. Not all university and college courses lend themselves to online courses or even hybrid courses. There's no substitute for personal interaction for students learning together or for hands-on experience. One of the lessons from the pandemic, however, was that there are different ways of learning and we need to take advantage of all of these. A national approach to academic content with strong digital support would have four benefits for Canadians. Our students would have access to lessons from the very best communicators. Our professors would have more time to spend in face-to-face -face teaching. Universities would have more support for fundamental research. And finally, remote learning would serve students who, for whatever reason, cannot attend in person. This concept of a national agency to support universities and colleges runs counter to the Constitution, I know that. Today, the constant provincial refrain 
is that the feds should simply hand over more money. Ottawa is a major funder of universities, and this funding is a carrot to encourage quality. Logically, Canada would be better off if all education was a federal responsibility. Provinces, in fact, add very little value. Federal authority also makes sense since it would embrace a strategic approach to the hundreds of thousands of foreign students who study in Canada. Some foreign students come for the quality and affordability of our universities. Many remain. Others learn and become friends of Canada for life, and that benefits us in many ways internationally. Part of our immigration strategy is to attract and keep top brains. They come for the education and stay because we are a welcoming, multicultural society with unlimited opportunities. This said, foreign students also squeeze out Canadian applicants. This can cause long-term damage if Canada's needs are not a priority. The primary role of universities and colleges is to meet the needs of the Canadian economy. Ensuring that education serves national interests is a federal responsibility. Wealthy foreign students should not displace Canadians simply because they bring profit to the university. How might higher education be reformed under federal authority to serve national strategic goals? Well, first, it should be free to Canadians. Post-secondary education is essential to the economy, just like high school was. Extending free education to the next level would make the Canadian workforce the best educated in the world. Life is learning. At the same time, Canada could raise fees for foreign students, similar to what they might pay at a top American university. Rebates could then be given to those graduates who stay and work in Canada for a defined number of years. Rebates could also be given to students from poor nations who return to serve their people. Refugees would also get a break. Free college and university would also help Canadians of all ages to update their skills. Learning is a lifetime habit. Incidentally, one advantage of online courses would be to make it easier for parents to get an education as they raise their children or to upgrade their skills while they're in the workforce. So if you combine free with online, we can see a constant growth in the availability of workers trained for the latest jobs. Of course, there's merit in pure learning, research, personal development. Ultimately, however, most people need to pay the rent. This said, universities are not only about training for outside jobs. University-based research is key to building knowledge for humanity to share. Fundamental research serves the common good. Intellectual property from fundamental research benefits Canada and ultimately the world. Academic research is so important. This too takes money, even if the investment seems less certain to bring an immediate monetary return. Advances in climate and health sciences, for example, are essential to mitigating climate damage. The same can be said for research in history, archaeology, astronomy, or mathematics. Great countries have a wealth of intellectual capital. Like sports, it becomes part of a shared global commons, a way to unite humanity. Of course, some university research must focus on issues of particular concern to Canada linked to an industrial strategy. Applied research, ocean science is an example. 
applied research is intended to reach the marketplace intellectual property that can be marketed to the private sector by funding research at universities and Canada holding the patents, taxpayers will reap the rewards. Overall, our country and our cities need world-class universities to attract both brilliant minds and innovative companies. The foundation of excellence already exists, but Canada could do better. Let me turn to colleges as well. I know we talk about creating jobs all the time, but in fact, Canada has lots of jobs. We have unfilled jobs, but we just don't have enough workers trained for the jobs that are available. For example, nurses, I spoke of that earlier. Or, given the housing shortage, construction workers, the skilled trades. Or, given the growth in green technology, people trained in mining, manufacturing, installing solar panels and windmills and all those kinds of things. Much later, in a future podcast, I'll talk more about demographics and population trends and the like. But briefly, there are tens of millions of global refugees, and Canada has a need for millions of workers. We can generally predict that both these trends will taper off around the end of this century. But in the meantime, new Canadians are needed to fill most of the jobs I have just described. Building trades personal support workers, manufacturing, the kind of jobs immigrants have always done as they build a future for their families. I know that brain power steers the economy, but sweat and muscle and hard work make it run. Part of our challenge is to identify the trades that the economy needs and train the workers for those trades. Yes, I know that many Canadians need to get this training, but so many jobs are crying for workers that immigrants are essential. This demands a way to match immigration to a national training strategy. It makes no sense to have a dozen different sets of building codes, for example, or skilled workers whose qualifications are not accepted in the next-door province. All these should be part of national systems, reducing waste and fat, simplify, standardize. That's actually a constitutional dilemma once again. And with immigrants, training to be a success in Canada is not just about job training. It's essential that they speak English. They need to learn about how Canada works, our approach to life, our attitudes towards women, minorities, other religions, how to drive in snow. There are many things immigrants, refugees need to know that can help them fit in easier and to enjoy long-term success. And yes, to build the future both for themselves and for the country they have come to. Multiculturalism offers a welcome mat to immigrants, but there is an ask in return. Embrace our tolerance. Accept our diversity. Participate in our democracy. Become Canadian. This has several implications. First of all, all that I've described must be coordinated, and this can only happen at the federal level. Second, we need a huge increase in training capacity. We likely need a new kind of residential college that can assist refugees and immigrants who come to this country with literally nothing. They need a foundation in Canadian citizenship. Imagine this. A few small towns build facilities to house tens of thousands of immigrants. These facilities allow new Canadians, entire families, to go through a period of training and adjustment. 
would of course be optional, but for many it wouldn't make sense. They could learn English, they could be clothed if they need clothes, they learn how our health and education systems work. Their health, mental and physical, would be assessed. Those in need would get care before being sent out to fend for themselves. Kids would be assessed and readied for integration into Canadian schools. The adults would get driver's licenses and professional licenses. They find out what jobs are available, where and how to apply. They could figure out what training they may need first, what tests they may have to pass to be certified. Whether it takes two weeks or six months, it's in our interest to prepare these Canadians for success. Layered on all this, we need a significant increase in capacity for training in the trades. Money does not build houses, people do. Money does not help care for the elderly, people do. With all these people Canada is welcoming, it is in our self-interest to get them working, paying taxes, integrating into Canadian life. To get both colleges and universities to the next level, Canada will need significant new federal investments. These investments must be part of a national strategy in which cities and the private sector are critical partners. Our 19th century constitution once again should be upended. It's holding back productivity. Education at every level is about the future. It should not be shackled by the past. You've been listening to Canada Reimagined. I'm Patrick Esmond White. My thanks to Tom Platt for the theme music, Tom Evans for my artwork, and technical support from Mike Mackin. Tune in again and please spread the word 